This is Live Limitless, episode 15. All right, welcome everyone to the Live Limitless podcast. Uh, I'm so excited for this episode. If you're into travel, this is the one to listen to. Uh, Joining me on the show today is Greg Denning. You might remember him from one of the original podcast interviews I did, him and his wife, and uh, in total, a family of eight. They have six children. They've been traveling around the world for something like 2,700 days. Just an incredible story. Uh, Currently on a road trip from Alaska to Argentina, but they've been in Central America for a good three years now. They just, they love it so much, and they've been doing some humanitarian work there, and it's just really inspiring story. They're getting ready to actually uh, head to Eastern Europe, I think, for um, for a little bit, just as a break from this side of the world, and then they'll come back and continue on down south. But I can't even imagine the, the logistics of taking care of eight people or booking flights or anything like that. So it's amazing that they do this, and they're so happy, and it's just it's an incredible story. And talking to Greg is always uh, just always great. He's just a bundle of energy, lots of knowledge, and it's just uh, always amazing to speak to him. Their site, if you want to check it out, is discovershareinspire.com, and Greg's own site is gregdenning.com. And the reason why I had him on, actually, it wasn't intended to be a podcast. It was just supposed to be me interviewing him for a book I have coming up, but it was so good that I had to release it. But essentially, the book I'm writing is called Limitless Travel. It's going to be the ultimate resource book for traveling the world, everything from the mindset for choosing where to go, Um, what there is to do in each destination, like finding out what what there is to do, as well as um, how to book the cheapest flights, all the different kinds of accommodation, some travel hacking, the best travel gear, the best apps, like everything you would need to know. And I'm I'm, I'm working along with a whole bunch of other world travelers and bloggers, just so it's not only based on my opinion. It's going to be a really great book. And when it comes out, it's going to be free for the first couple days. So if you want to get the book for free, or at least be notified when it's ready, uh, make sure you sign up at livelimitless.net slash limitless travel. And that way you will be the first to know when it's ready. Other than that, I hope you enjoy the show. Please leave a review. I would love to see that. And uh, yeah, enjoy it. It's a great one. Greg, how's it going? Fantastic. So good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time. I think that was like a, two years ago now maybe, right? Right. Like <laughs> time, time always flies when you're traveling, if I... Exactly. It doesn't I'm go tons of adventures. That's awesome. How long have you been... I feel like you were in... In Nicaragua last time we talked. Have, have you been yeah, in that area for a long time? Or? I can't even remember. We, so we've been in Costa Rica now for 10 months, and we were in Nicaragua for a couple months, and El Salvador for a little bit, and then we were in Guatemala for a year and a half. Okay, so maybe you were in Guatemala then. Yeah, probably in Guatemala. Cool. So you've been, been really enjoying Central America? Yeah, Central America's been, it's been great for our family. It's been really awesome. That's amazing. It's it's like what I love about your story is that it gives me uh, it gives me hope for after we after me and Carla start having kids that there's still adventure. <laughs> exactly, there's tons of it, man. Yeah. Six kids later, still <laughs> plenty of adventure. <laughs> oh, so now you're a family of eight. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, okay. Sage was born here in Costa Rica. Okay, wow. Man, I can't even imagine the logistics. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot more to think about. It's sure. totally different. It's a different animal, but it's it's worth it, and it's totally doable. Totally doable. 
I almost find it hard enough to work now from the road. I can't imagine having a, you know, not being the the only person I care about type thing. <laughs> well, yeah, it takes, you know, and to get into all that, and maybe we'll talk about that a little more, but it definitely takes some planning to get in work time and family time, and you have to have routines, and, and I mean, you have to have it together to, yeah. to make it work. Otherwise, you end up going crazy or something. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I know you guys have definitely taken uh, some trips in, 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 I guess I could say, the conventional way, which is like flying. And then now you've been, been driving down the, down the length of America with, uh, in, in the truck and things like that. So you have a lot of uh, interesting ways of traveling. And I just wondered, do you, ever, do you have a process of like choosing where you guys want to go or like a process for picking a place or you know, any sites or books that inspire you to go? Or do you just kind of go wherever yeah that's that's an awesome question and and i wonder you know if we're maybe a little more unconventional because i guess as i as i think back over we started traveling in 2007 and as i think back over all the places we've been and all the amazing experiences we've had almost every place has come because of a recommendation from someone else like we talked to a friend who had been there and they know a friend and and they're just like oh it's incredible you've got to go here and that's that's how we ended up. Our very first place, our first rodeo, was in was in Costa Rica on a, on a recommendation of a friend that had lived here for a few years and just loved it. But then, you know, like oh, I got to tell a story. We were we were in Costa Rica that first time. We we're we we're back in primary forest in this. It's called Corcovado National Park. It's just unbelievable. Oh, we, place, yeah. we hiked back in there. You know, <laughs> shark infested, crocodile infested waters. I mean, and there's tapir and macaw and, and monkeys. I mean, everything wild, jaguars, and it was unbelievable. And we're back in there with this biologist from the Nature Conservancy Center, and uh, we're hiking in. He's a friend of ours, and I just said, I know, you know, you've been everywhere. You've been all over this world, the most beautiful places. I said, I know this is a crazy question, but if you could pick, you know, one of your favorite places, where would it be? And he said, oh, I, you know, he says there's a beach, Playa Rincón, in the way remote area in the Dominican Republic. And, and I just kind of logged that away. And it was, it was about two years later, we ended up moving there just on that recommendation. And we literally flew down there, got on a bus, took the bus out there, got in a taxi, went way out remote, and then got out there with all our luggage and all our kids without any planning and within a few hours, we had a place to rent that was spectacular. It was our little Walden for the next several months and, and just had an incredible experience. But that's kind of how we roll. We, we ask recommendations. We try to get on the ground, ask locals. And, and I know we've, we've ended up at a lot of places that were just spectacular that we didn't even know about when we started our trip. So is that, uh, if I were to ask you the same question, would you also give that Dominican Republic place or? Oh, un- undoubtedly. It's really? spectacular. Okay. Yeah, we ended up staying um, in a little, outside of a little village called Las Caleras. And, you know, it, w- it was such a special, special time with our little family. At that time, we had we had four children. Uh, oldest was six. So it was just little kids. And we had our own little beach. And it was us, one other family from Italy. And that was it. And this palm grove in the beaches. And, and that was it, man. We, it, was, it was amazing. Wow. We just lived in paradise together, and it was just just an incredible place. Another one that came as we were driving through Mexico, we got down toward Ixcalac, which is in southern Mexico near the Belize border, and someone said, you need to go to Laguna Bacalar, and I'd never heard of it. 
and it's the lagoon of seven colors and it's fr a freshwater lagoon and we ended up staying seven weeks there just absolutely loved it it was such a special place but again just came from recommendations while in route yes i, I i've never even heard of that place before in mexico and then i've never considered dominican even as a travel destination but now now i do <laughs> oh man it's awesome um do you I, I guess once you're going somewhere or once you're there do you have any process for like finding out the you know the best things to do or activities for restaurants or whatever that that are in the area yeah so what we'll do uh we'll look online a little bit and now it's easier when we first started and it was almost impossible to find you know family travel blogs or even travel blogs they weren't they weren't real real popular it was hard to find them and people had done it, but now it's there's so much. We we get in Facebook groups of people in an area. We start finding blogs and talking. And now you know we've been traveling so much, and and we have we built up this really big community of travelers. And so basically, I don't I don't know if there's there are hardly any places we we'd want to go that someone in our community has not gone. And so we'll just throw out questions now, like because we're considering going over to Spain and the Canary Islands and, and doing Eastern Europe for a little bit. So just this last week, we were doing all the research you're asking about. And so we just hopped on our Facebook groups and our friends said, hey, who's been in Spain? And it was amazing to see all this response. Like, oh, yeah, I was there for two years. Oh, we lived there for three. Oh, yeah, I traveled there. Love it. Go here. Go to this place. And so we got this list. And then we started looking for the common denominators. You know, and, and you look across five or six of them that, that respond back with all their time there, and they all say, hey, check out this place and this place. They're the best. And all of a sudden, you know, we're narrowing down where we're heading. And it was, it was awesome. And then what even makes it more fun is we have friends that are over there currently. And, and it's fun, you know, with our children. We, we, we have open invitations basically around the globe. And, and we have some friends now in the Canary Islands, and they said, hey, we have a huge house. Come stay with us. So... Wow. <laughs> So I just open that up. So uh, we have some uh, a really famous friend here from Germany. He's got a gigantic following and a, and a great business. And he had lived in the Canary Islands for a while. So we sat down last last Friday with dinner with him, and he told us all about the Canary Islands and why he lived there and why he loved it and where to go and what to do. And so now, you know, with our with our community and with the blogs and the the groups, it's it really is easy to kind of get an outline of all the great stuff and then of course like i said we love to get on the ground and ask locals yeah that seems to be the best the best uh especially for finding uh, hidden treasures as you can say um, exactly but yeah it is pretty amazing how social media has kind of changed the face of even travel <clears throat> um i think we talked about this in the in the first time that we did a podcast but uh like how do you prepare for the the unfun part like the vaccinations or or visas or or knowing whether the country is a, a safe place especially in your case for a family or just that kind of stuff yeah good question uh, you know the only time we've ever done um we're a little unconventional the only time we've we've ever done vaccinations is when we went to india and there's you know there's a legitimate need <laughs> for, for that place uh, you know and i i take my view i'm not i don't easily get scared um, you know, we've, we've traveled enough, we've been out enough and experienced a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't get, I don't get too stirred up very easily about some of the reports you hear and the scary things people try to say, or the, especially the media tries to promote. Um, so we, 
you know, we there there are only really few places where you really need some stuff, and if if that's the case, then we'll get it. Um, you know, as far as far as the safety or not, I, we operate from a, a mentality that most people are good people and would go out of their way to help you. There are a few, there are a few rotten apples in the bushel, but but you just you steer clear of them and you live you live well and you treat people well and and good things will happen. So you know, I there are so many reports about you know, and, and everyone told us that when we told them we were going to Mexico. No, don't go there, you'll die. And we literally camped with five kids all through Mexico for four months, just out in the open with you know, farmers' fields or mountains or wherever, and had the most unbelievable experiences and. And the one place I was nervous to go was Mexico City. And we went in there, and they were so kind and so helpful. And we, we, our whole little family just smashed onto the subways, the metro. And for three pesos, we cruised all over through DFA. And, oh, man, just had an awesome time. And so, you know, th- there's only a couple of countries. In fact, just, what, it was two days ago, I was talking to a reporter who She's a writer and uh, writes for like Runner's World or ESPN. And she was doing an article for ESPN and she was in Afghanistan. And so I quizzed her because I want to go to Afghanistan. I want to go to Pakistan. I want to take my family. So I was quizzing her on her experience and her perception. And, and you know, someone who's actually been there about any real dangers instead of, you know, a lot of the media and the hype and the, and the hearsay. I want, I want to talk to somebody who's really been there, has, has an optimistic attitude um, and kind of sees things like I do and, and then kind of figure things out. <clears throat> what was her response? Because I would think like we're going to be in Africa next year, and uh, we're, we're only—I mean, we're only going for a couple months. But same, I'm, I'm like you. I would love to go to Afghanistan, or especially like um, Jordan and Israel and all those places. But at the same time, it, I mean, I'm not one to get scared away too. But it seems like there's kind of an active war at the moment. So I don't know if they're like safe or if it's just specific areas. Yeah, and, and I guess I, I learned this, uh, you know, the media really blows things up. I, my brother was living in Israel, and there was all these explosions, these bombs, these wars, and all these people are dying, and I, and I got concerned, and I got on the phone with him, and I'm like, hey, man, there's all the news is saying all this stuff, and he's like, really? He's like, I didn't even hear about it. I'm like, he's like, this is one of the most peaceful places I've ever been. And, uh, he, you know, he was, he was working and living in Dallas, Texas, and he was like, oh, Dallas is way more dangerous than Jerusalem. He's like, I feel so much safer here. <laughs> and it, that, that just totally altered my perspective and realized the media is, you know, really exploding certain situations. And uh, it was a couple months ago I was interviewing uh, a friend, Michelle, and she was living in Egypt with her children. And, she, you know, she runs a, a virtual, virtual business there and does just really, really well. And she was there in Egypt, and I said, you know, what about all the chaos and the trouble and the uncertainty, and is it dangerous? She's like, no, not at all. I'm here with my little children. We're loving life. We're enjoying it. It's a great experience. And so even where you see some of the, the hype and the chaos, it, it may be isolated. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying be, you got to be wise. Don't, don't go running into a war or a genocide or something. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, there are some dangerous spots, but... But in a large measure, there are places to, you can go and, and live peaceably. I mean, there's still people living their lives, and they're good people. So, you know, we're definitely going to be going to Israel soon and to Jordan and Turkey and Egypt and, and all over the place. Cool. Um, what do you do in terms of, uh, like, visas and that kind of stuff? Is it like, uh, like, I guess mainly, is there, like, a, 
specific website that you go to to realize if you need a visa or the process? Yeah, and I, you know, I can't remember the one my wife knows. She she has a friend that created this site that for everywhere, <laughs> just the visa requirements for everywhere, and she kind of worked with her on it and promoted it. So she knows the site there, and I can send it over later. But she'll just go to that site, and within a few seconds, we know all the visa requirements for just about every country. And it's usually, almost always, f- with a U.S. passport, Canadian passport, Australian passport, or European passport, it's usually pretty easy to at least get 90 days. And that's been the case. Well, India took some more time. India was a little more work up front. Uh, but all the other countries we've been in, I mean, just, just at entry, they give you 90 days. Do you do any, any preparation for the culture or kind of just show up and, and let it absorb you, I guess you could say? No, we we like to roll with, as our family, we like to roll with the attitude of embrace what's there. Embrace what there's to offer and not go in with expectations of how things ought to be or how things should be or or why don't they do it like the United States or something, you know? Just go in and say this is the way they live and they've been doing it for a long time. I think we, we like to get on and talk, again, talk to people who've been there and done that, uh, study a little bit about what we can expect and what we can see and do, and and then really try to get the most of the experience and just really be present. I mean, be in the moment. Be in the country and feel it and touch it and sense it and smell it and see it and hear it. Just Just take it all in and really enjoy that special part of the world. Yeah, there was a question like that. I, I started a, a group based on this this book I'm writing for Limitless Travel, and that was one of the <clears throat> one of the things she she hoped I would cover was uh, like how to prepare mentally for travel. And what what she meant by it was like she said sometimes she would turn up at a place, even like Thailand, and I guess some people would bring their expectations over, and so they would be complaining a lot about things just because they're not the way they are back home. And I thought, yeah, that was it's a good point. So I guess just like what you said before, how do you prepare for that? Is, is it basically just being easygoing and just accepting everything as it comes? Exactly. And and you've got to be able to roll with with the punches and roll with unex, unexpected happenings. And I mean, you, you'll get to a border crossing and who knows what's going to happen at those things. I mean, we've done so many of them and, and you never know. You never know what's going to happen. It's just crazy. And you got to be able to solve problems and realize there's going to be challenges and just say, okay, I know there's going to be challenges and I know we'll figure out a way to solve them. Right. Try and be happy-go-lucky. Exactly. Yep. <clears throat> um, I guess this would more pertain to the beginning. Now, again, like I guess uh, you're definitely traveling a little more unconventional than, than most people. But in the beginning, like how did you – how do you deal with making that, that, that decision to travel, like dealing with, with the fear or with like, you know, friends and family maybe saying things or, or naysayers in general and, um, yeah, just all that kind of stuff that would maybe hold people back. <laughs> right, right. And, and it's so common and we get questions like that constantly. Uh, it's very common and boy, you can expect naysayers, you can expect people to think you are just outright crazy. Because uh, there's a lot of people that just have a mentality that you should stay in your little corner of the earth and not go anywhere. And, you know, yeah, you know, you forget. Sometimes you forget. We've been out for so many years and had so many experiences, you kind of forget what it was like. But, you know, if I remember back, we were scared. 
we were terrified. We were, we were like, this is crazy. Is there even a road? I mean, do they do they have electricity? I mean, <laughs> are we going to be able to buy baby diapers? And I mean, what what is going on? You know, and and we just had no idea. And and a lot of those fears were caused by our ignorance. And you know, we ended up creating fears in our heads of a lot of things that never happened and never would happen. And so as as we learn and grow, we you know, we, we, we get where we're, we really don't get nervous or afraid anymore. But yeah, in the first part, it was, it was, it was nerve wracking. It was scary. There was a lot of unknowns and there were a lot of people, a family, my family, my wife, Rachel's family. Are you guys crazy? Can't take your kids. What are you doing? Why don't you stay here and settle down and be like everybody else and get a normal job and, <laughs> you know, follow, follow somebody else's dream. But we wanted to live our dream. And so we just said, you know, we, we love you. We hope you'll support us. We're going to do this. And now, you know, for the most part, they're very supportive. And, and we tell them, hey, we're going on some new adventure. Now they're used to it. And they're like, okay, have a good time. Send pictures, you know. And, and uh, things things have definitely changed. Just in the last seven years, things have really changed. Wow. And uh, I don't know if this question would pertain to you in, in general because I know I'm not sure what you were doing before. I remember, I think, real estate, but... Um, but I'm sure you've met a lot of people along the way, but those people who are afraid to leave somewhere for, let's say, a year, six months, because they're afraid their their career will die, what, like, do you have any tips dealing with that? Absolutely. You know, as, as we started traveling, we started meeting people who had created uh, location-independent uh, businesses, uh, created jobs, created multiple streams of income or patchwork income we have met so many families and individuals and couples who figured out ways to make a great living abroad uh, in fact we're, we're working with uh, another family here from australia and they're, they're creating this incredible product to help people do that so we'll be working on that soon and and we actually created an interview series interviewing all kinds of people who and, and there are different ways, and the ways to do it are just as unique as the people who are doing it. And, and, and it gets easier every year because the technology is increasing and improving, and the idea, people are accepting the idea of remote working. And so it's just exploding. So I would say, you know, depending on what you're into and what you want to do, I would say getting out and having those experiences and getting in another world, another culture, another language, if anything, it's going to help you grow. It's going to improve your resume. It's going to be, it's going to be a, if you take the right attitude, it's going to cause a lot of growth. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to see things differently. It's really going to expand your mind and your perspective. And it's a great opportunity, I think, to grow upward, not backward. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, right? And I think it's figuring out, I guess, a way to, if you were to go back to a career, just figure out a way to convey the, the things you learn on the road onto a resume. Exactly. And that's where the creativity comes in and says, hey, look, you know, I've, I, because if you go out with the right kind of attitude, you can't help but grow and learn. Every new place I go to, I feel like we grow and learn something and, and we become better. And if you can convey that appropriately, and a lot of employers are changing. They're, they're looking for people who are, you know, have experience and not just 
in a classroom and not just one experience where, hey, we've been out. I've seen the world. I know how to work with people. I know how to understand things and solve problems. Uh, we, we've got experience, in, and the employer is starting to look for different things now. I've seen that a lot, a lot as we've traveled around other countries. Yeah, it's interesting how the, the time is starting to change quite quickly. Absolutely. Um, I know you pro- haven't booked a, a flight in a while, but now that you're looking into it, do you, do you have like a process that you use for finding like the cheapest flights or, or I don't know, maybe more direct flights or how do you usually go about that? Yeah, so, you know, uh, Google's new flight search is pretty effective. We use Adioso. Uh, there's others. You know, we'll, we'll just start looking and, and kind of throw it out there. We'll kind of let people know what we're doing. And it's it's fun. People who know the best resources will often reach out and help you. And I like to talk to people, especially when I'm going to a certain part of the world, that there are people who know which airlines are best. And so I've got some friends that fly in and out of Central America and they're like, they use the local airlines. They get better deals, more luggage and fewer layovers. It's just awesome. And so, and and I know people who are are tapped into Asia, you know, how to fly around, where the big hubs, you know, make sure to fly into this city or that city. Like, honestly, for going to Europe from over on this side of the earth, going through Santo Domingo is one of the cheapest ways. There, I, I found $300 flights from Santo Domingo into Germany. Wow. <laughs> and it's cheap. In fact, even from Costa Rica, San Jose to Costa Rica to Frankfurt, Germany was only $500, um, which, I mean, it's just, just a great deal. So there's lots of ways uh, to find those things, but just start asking, talk to people, look at local airlines, uh, use those sites for searching. We just kind of leave it open. If you can be more flexible, then, then you'll see all of a sudden, you know, for some unknown reason, there's a week where there's a big dip in price and you can really score some deals. I know you've been traveling uh, a lot with your, with your truck. Um, do you have any, any comments on like other, other modes of transportation? Cause I've been, I know a lot of people always think of flights, but um, with Nile traveling around the world, we've been talking a lot about boats. Uh, but then of course there's like cars in your case, uh, buses and trains. And <clears throat> I guess do you have a process for, finding out about that kind of stuff as well yeah i've you know i've done we've we've flown in we've done lots and lots of buses and taxis we've even done some ferries you know some some good sized ferries not not crossing the oceans but getting across bays or um and so we we've done all those things again asking the locals asking other travelers i it's it is so easy now to search that stuff online and and to find people who've done it and, and to find people who have a similar you know, perspective or attitude that you do or a similar situation uh, to get on there. But, uh, you know, the buses are great now. They really are. Uh, they, they're keeping them safe and comfortable. I, we still travel in buses quite a bit when we need to go to other, par- other parts of the country. Um, so uh, as far as that goes, we, we want to look into sailing. We want to sail from, I will probably sail from Panama into Colombia. And do some of that thing, you know. And again, that comes from other travelers who've done it and said it's a great experience. But we love overlanding, love, love, love overlanding. If you can get a vehicle and cruise around, you get to see the little spots that you won't see as a tourist. You know, the places where the buses won't take you, and you get to get in and and have some experiences and some freedom. And that's that's why we chose to do this trip overlanding, and drove from Alaska all the way down to Costa Rica because we have the freedom to explore beaches and mountains and rivers and villages and and have those experiences 
Yeah, I think it always comes down to, especially if you have the, the time, is asking locals and finding out stuff you might not hear on Google. Exactly. Uh, you, what's, I guess, what do you normally do for, for accommodation? Like I've been, I know, uh, you know, hotels, hostels, there's Airbnb and couch surfing and someone mentioned camping and uh, wolfing and house sitting. I guess there's like all, all kinds of ways. What's your, the usual method you guys take? Yeah, we've done all of the above. We've done, you know, all-inclusive resorts, <laughs> the real touristy side, all the way down to house-sitting and woofing. I mean, house-sitting is getting big and is awesome. Airbnb is a great way to do that, especially for a family. It, it's, it'd be better to arrange a house and get into a house that's furnished, it's got the stuff, and, and the owners are more than happy to help you get tapped in with local needs and, and things to do and show you where to shop and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that really helps. We've done kind of the woofing thing. We love camping, absolutely love camping. Uh, there's a great way to do that. Uh, so and we've done across the board hostels. We've done hostels, even with kids. <laughs> you got to kind of pick your hostel a little carefully when you got kids. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, but we've done that too. And simple hotels. We've even done those. <laughs> this sounds sketchy. But uh, in, in Mexico and Guatemala, they have those auto hotels, which are basically, you know, for people who want to sneak away and <laughs> couples. It, yeah. That's for couples. Like a love but motel. They, yeah, it's a love hotel is what it is. And But, man, they are clean and neat and cheap. And uh, even when we've been out traveling on the road, we're like, hey, there's one. It's, let's go ahead and get a good price. We go and go to bed, get up and take off. And <laughs> You might hear some things. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, actually, all of our experiences have been awesome, and they've been kind. And you know, the people are like, "You sure you want to stay here?" We're like, "Yeah, no worries." And, That's kind and, of, and we, we know a lot of other travelers that do it too. It's kind of funny, but they're 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 really clean. They're really neat. They're cheap, and so it's funny. Yeah, it's kind of it's interesting that you mentioned that, just because my my wife, like her, uh, when I first started visiting her in Mexico City, her apartment. Um, there, there wasn't really enough room for me there, but so, cause she was staying with her family, of course. And then right, right next to her complex, it was like one of the, these love motels. And then <laughs> right next to that was a regular hotel. But like the, the love, the love motel was more than half price. It was like hardwood floors, like really fancy. Um, and it was like $25 a night, which exactly. Mexico city is actually pretty cheap. And the only difference was I couldn't, I couldn't show up till like nine thirty at night. And then I would have to leave the next morning. <laughs> so I would like track That's my right. suitcase back and forth every day. For I forgot week. about that. We have time. to, they do it by the hour. So you have to go in a certain hour. That's right. <laughs> but it worked. It was a great place. Yeah. Yeah. And That's uh, awesome. I know you mentioned like renting apartments sometimes. Um, do you usually just show up and then ask the locals or is there a website for finding that stuff? You know, we've used Craigslist before. We've used Facebook, just asking. We've, uh, you know, just searched for rentals in the area. Always your best prices are once you get there and start asking around. Yeah. But it's really nice to have something arranged at least for a few days or a couple weeks. Um, so when you get there, you know you're where you're going, you have a place to stay, and then you get out and start asking. And every time, you know, I've got out, I love to run or mountain bike. So as soon as I get on the ground, I'll go running the next morning. 
And everywhere I go, I just start asking all the locals, hey, is there a good place to stay? Is there a good place to rent? Hey, where can we rent a house around here? What's the best area? What's the, the best beach? Where's the, where are the best rentals? And they are just so willing to give good information, and we always find a great place to stay at a great price. Awesome. Do you know, I know one of the other questions I'm sure, I'm sure you hear it a lot too is like how to, I guess, how to stay safe once you're traveling. Uh, do you have any, any tips for that? Yeah, you know, we don't, we, we don't, we're not out at night. Uh, we're not on the clubs or the bars. Well, I'm sorry, we do go out at night as a family, but we're not, we're not going to the bars or the clubs. Uh, we're not going anywhere where there's going to be drug deals going on or fights or any gang violence or anything like that. We're staying out of those places. You know, I guess people get concerned about getting robbed. Um, we've, We've never been robbed in all these years traveling. We've never been robbed, and people have been so kind and helpful. And you know, we've we've gone out and had all the experiences. We're not we're not just hiding out in our place. We're out having great experiences. Uh, people are concerned about that, and you, you gotta be you gotta be wise. You gotta use some common sense and some street sense, and be careful. You know, keep your things protected and your people protected. Uh, but, but we've been out in extremely remote areas where some people are afraid, you know, the locals will hurt you, and, and they've been wonderful. We've been in big cities where they've been helpful as well. So uh, we haven't had any problems with, with the people, and as far as diseases and illnesses go, we've been extremely healthy. And, you know, and we eat street food. <laughs> we love street food. It's awesome. You know, but you're just careful in which country you can drink from the tap water and which one you need to drink the bottled water and... And just kind of, you can tell by looking at who's preparing the food and how it's prepared. And but, but for seven years, with all of our family, we're now eight of us. We've enjoyed incredible health. You know, we've had a couple things stolen over the years, but never been robbed, never been harmed. Exact. The opposite's true. People have been gone out of their way to help us and be kind and, and do things for us. I guess it's mostly not, not flashing around a, a MacBook Pro in a public area or something like that. Right, exactly. Exactly. You don't you don't throw around your bling bling. We try to we try to as as ironic as this is gonna sound with I'm a you know, tall redhead guy with six kids, we, we try to blend in. <laughs> uh, we stand out big time, but we're not like trying to flaunt the bling bling or any money or all our goods. What do you think is um, obviously like this this question wouldn't pertain to you, which is gonna be like how to handle going back home, but uh, one of the, the things I like to, to think about often is like how to bring, for those people who are going back, you know, to a home base, uh, how do you think you can bring the travel mindset home with you? Yeah, it's good. You know, I spent, I spent a couple years in Peru and then went back for, to the States for a few years. And then we went out and lived in Costa Rica and then went back to the States, went to the DR, went back to the States, went to India and moved back to Alaska. Alaska is kind of a different country. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful up there. Um, and so each time we've had this little culture shock going back, uh, it surprises us, you know, the things we kind of forgot or took for granted and, and you start to see both the good and the bad. Um, and it, it's good to see that because you, you get outside of your own reality and you realize, oh, wait a minute, there's some really good things here and there's some things that aren't so good that I didn't notice before. And I think, uh, I love the, the quote, it says, a mind once expanded can never return to its former dimensions. And my hope is that when people go out traveling, they learn and improve and they come back better people. 
uh, more forgiving, more tolerant, more understanding, uh, less prejudiced, less ignorant, uh, less quick to judge and pass judgment or spread spread <laughs> spread half truths. Right about all these things. Say no, you know, I've, I've actually been there, and it's not like what they're saying. And, and so it just. I know it brings more connection to humanity. I just love I love people. I love connecting with people. I love serving people. You know, we've gone out and d- done some incredible humanitarian projects and and you just you bring a love of people and places and culture and it just it can if you if you go about it the right way, you can come back a more refined, uh, a more improved, a more educated, a more loving person and that will just go with you everywhere you go and you'll shine. Wow. That was a great way of putting it. I love it. <laughs> Do you, um, more into like the less of the open-ended questions. Do you have any favorite travel gear that you've kind of grown into now over the years? Or, um, man, so we we're a little unconventional with that too. We, we try to be minimalist <clears throat> as much as we can. Even with even with six kids, we we try to have a bare minimum. We realize that in a lot of places you can get almost all of what you need I mean, you can buy clothes anywhere so leave the clothes behind and you know you you can you can get appliances even there's we always take our macbooks of course got to have those and i i carry a nice microphone and that i take for recording uh we always take our food processor like that's been our favorite tool <laughs> and you can get those you can get those in almost every country now but we bought ours in guatemala and we just love it and we, we take it everywhere because we make our own peanut butter and we make our own food, so there's certain things we like that we grow. But, but I guess the biggest thing we take with us everywhere are our books. We just love, love books. So we like we pack actual physical books or on yes, like Kindle. Yes, yes. No, we do Kindle. We do audio books, but we love real books. We're so passionate about education, and that's one thing that is very difficult to get in other countries is good books in English. So that's what we pack with us. And and honestly, we're like, hey. If we have to leave clothes and only wear what we've got on and we have to leave everything else, we take our computers, we take our kids, and we take our books. We can get everything else. And for the – any cameras specifically like that, no? Yeah, so my wife – yeah, my wife, she loves photography and, and does that. And so she has a Canon that's nice and uh, she does she does carry that with her, absolutely. A couple lenses. So that's that's an important one too. What about, uh, do you have any favorite, like, apps for, like, travel-related apps or anything like that or, or websites no, that you like there's, travel? There's some, there's some great ones out there, but, again, in an effort to be minimalists and even to avoid being screen addicts. I mean, there's so many tech addicts now that, like, they never get off screen ever. <laughs> and we want to be present. We want to experience where we are and who we're with. And so... We've made a conscious effort, really, to to be minimalists with screens as well. So uh, you'll be surprised to know that we drove all the way from Alaska to Costa Rica, zigzagging all over the place in a three-year journey without a map and without GPS. In a, you know, in a in a hotel or wherever, we'd kind of pull up Google Maps and kind of get an idea where we're going, and then we just kind of go and ask our way and kind of find our way down. And it, it just made for an absolutely wonderful experience. What about any uh, any travel websites you usually would go to for either for advice or inspiration? No, we we don't. My 
It's kind of funny. My wife's actually a writer, a travel writer. She writes very frequently for travel websites. So <laughs> she'll, I think she does some more of the reading and she does a lot of contributing there. Um, but again, we'll, because of our, our, our network now and our community that we've built up, we, we have several good friends that have been all over the place. And we might get on the phone with them or message them and say, hey, what do you think? Where would you go? What was your experience? That's the another side benefit of, uh, I guess, being involved online, right? Or, or like having a blog or things like that. Oh, exactly. Yeah. We started, we left Alaska and people started finding our blog, started inviting us over and we started meeting up and it, it's just nonstop. It's nonstop meetups. And we have made some absolutely incredible friends that we have stayed in touch with now for years. And it's been so wonderful. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, that's it for the direct questions. I was only going to ask you maybe if you had uh, anything else you'd like to share that maybe I didn't touch upon. I would just say, uh, you know, go for it. <laughs> I was going to say, know, know, it is, know what it is you, you want to go out and do and experience and, and be, be bold and be courageous in, in creating your dream lifestyle because you can do it you can you can make it happen you can figure out a solution to any challenge whether it's funding it or you know finding a way to live the kind of lifestyle you want to live in in what area and around what kind of community we just moved to our new place what three or four weeks ago we asked some locals uh, talked to some people found this incredible house fully furnished uh, there's there's enough beds here to sleep 10 people it's on this organic farm where we get to eat out of the greenhouse. There's an incredible community. It's right by the beach. Uh, it's got mountains. and we, we go swimming in these, these tropical rivers and waterfalls. I mean, it's just a heavenly paradise. But, and that's exactly what we wanted. We, we, we manifested it. We attracted it. We created it. We went after. We knew what we wanted, and we went and made it happen. And it's just it's awesome. It's, it's wonderful, and you can do it too. You can... You can create the kind of lifestyle you want. You just have to be deliberate about it and move forward. And don't let people tear you down or talk you out of it. Uh, get out there and have great experiences. That's super inspiring. Um, do you? I, I always think like no one single has an excuse now, right? After after your story. <laughs> oh no way, man! I I talk to people with that are couples or just with a couple kids, and my my immediate inside thought is always, man, that would be so easy. <laughs> Right? Like, what, one or two kids? What a piece of cake. I got six kids. And it's all, it's all you know, you grow and you develop and you learn. But, but as, a, as a single person or a couple or a small family, it's totally doable. Do you have any, any new projects you're working on at the moment? Like so, yeah, well, you know, and, and, and that kind of, that's always evolving too. We're, we have our humanitarian efforts that are still moving forward in Guatemala. We're always trying to, you know, help as we go. We're, we feel really passionate about leaving every place a little bit better and, and trying to make a contribution and love the people and serve the people and help where we can. So we get involved in that. Uh, my wife, Rachel, is, she's doing web design and creation and, and she's a writer and I mean, yeah, we're always working on these, these fun projects. You're always meeting up with people, this, this new project that will be coming out here in just a little bit with this Australian family is just amazing. It, it, it seriously, I think, is perhaps the best 
set up program to help people get started traveling and funding it long term. It's incredible. And so they're, they're going to be releasing that soon. I'm doing a lot of uh, life coaching and educational mentoring. Just love that, really passionate about that, helping, helping people strengthen their family and, and get a solid education for themselves and their children. And We're just living life and we're excited. We're, we have a huge list of great adventures we want to have and countries we want to see and experience and we're moving forward and, and really enjoying our lives. <clears throat> Sounds amazing. That's always, uh, it's always an inspiration uh, speaking to you, that's for sure. So I'm definitely excited to, to get this out there and share some of your advice in the upcoming book for sure. Awesome. Thanks so much for the opportunity. I lo- love connecting with you and, and loved following all your adventures, man. You were all over the place. And, and uh, now you're traveling with your wife and having a, having a great life. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's always exciting. And then it's figuring out the next step when, uh, when we first start having kids for sure. So exactly. I'll definitely be using you as the main source of inspiration. That's for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> It'll be great. I promise you, it's going to be great. It even makes it better. It really does. When you can enjoy it with your children. Yeah, I can imagine, right? Well, uh, thanks again for coming on, Greg, and we'll uh, probably talk to you again soon. Okay, thank you. Have a fantastic evening. You too. All right, well, that's the end of the show. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast with Greg there. Um, Again, if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. I'd love to see it. It's always encouraging to see that kind of stuff. And if you're interested in that book, make sure you stop by livelimitless.net slash limitless travel and sign up so you'll be the first to know when it's released. And uh, also, for those who are Canadian, I should mention that I do run a travel hacking site called CanadianFreeFlyers.com. So if you're interested in learning how to earn a whack load of frequent flyer miles and basically how to never pay for a flight again, um, that's a great site to also check out. So other than that, have yourself a great day and we'll see you on the next show.